Servant Warrior Radio Real Radical Relentless Relevant This is Servant Warrior Radio Hello and welcome to the Reality, Truth, and Shades of Green edition of Servant Warrior Radio. Jeff Searcy here, and uh, I'll tell you, I don't need to tell you anything. Uh, so much is going on in our country today, and um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. But what here's one thing that I know. If you're listening to this podcast, you're expecting to think a little deeper. You're expecting to go beneath this superficial surface that we see when we turn on the news or when we're uh, reading Facebook or anything like that. I mean, I know that you are expecting to look at this thing a little bit different. But I'll tell you, we're going to hit this thing hard today. I'm going to, I'm going to hit it. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to make a couple of comments about the protests that are going on. Uh, as a result of the incredibly tragic and unnecessary death uh, of Mr. Floyd, and, and I'll tell you, our, our prayers are with his family, um, and and certainly prayers are with uh, the families of the police officers uh, and law enforcement itself. But there's something that we've got to get out of the way first. Before, if we don't get this out of the way and we don't establish this, we are not going to be able to go anywhere. So. I got to ask you, do you have your big boy or big girl pants on? Because that's what it's going to be needed today as we talk about this. Here's the truth. Not all police officers are bad. Not all blacks are racist thugs. Not all whites are racist rednecks. Not all Republicans want to kill grandmothers. And not all Democrats are socialists. Okay, I mean, this. let's be real uh, and, and make sure that, that we are on the same wavelength, that we actually think about what is going on. Because if we don't get that out of the way, if we don't realize that the actions of one does not represent the whole, that just because someone is of a particular color or race, that does not typecast them or determine the type of person that they are. We've got to, we have to, we have to, as people, as educated society, we have to accept that fact that every person is responsible for their own actions and accountable for their own actions. So we're going to get into this. But here is another truth. Protesting and voicing outrage over injustice is absolutely justified and protected speech and freedom. It is guaranteed by the First Amendment and is guaranteed by the Constitution. Uh, it is the foundation of the Declaration of Independence and is really what makes this country the greatest country on the planet, the greatest country ever. However, once protesting becomes violent, property is destroyed, businesses are looted and damaged, people are hurt or attacked. I mean, once laws are broken, the protesters are no different than those whose actions sparked the outrage itself. Okay, hang with me. Listen, this is going to be one of those. We're going to look at this thing a little different, but there's some things that we've got to put out on the table. I mean, the monster elephants in the room that we've got to think about. They broke into, looted, and took things from the College Football Hall of Fame uh, in downtown Atlanta. I mean, you know, when we think about that, as a college football fan, lifelong, uh, what, a, what a place. If there's any other place, right, that would show the, the opportunity for all, regardless of race, regardless of background, regardless of anything, to be enshrined into that, to, to see that that is a, a pinnacle of or a, a goal for young athletes across the board and how many young athletes 
from cities like Minneapolis, from cities that have struggles? How many, how many young athletes have come from backgrounds where the future and their only hope was in a sport, and now they are actually enshrined in that very facility, in that very museum, in that very place that so many, so many thousands and thousands and thousands go to every single year to look at the accomplishments. It it just it, it makes you want to scream. It absolutely makes you want to. Uh, it just makes your blood boil. But once again. Let's make sure that we understand that, that the choices and actions of a few or of one do not represent a whole. I mean, here's the one, as I watch this going on, here's my first, one of my first thoughts. Why would people want to destroy their own community or their own city or their own town? You know, why would protesters hurt the very people and businesses that provide the goods and services and the jobs and the support for the very communities in which they live? I mean, as we as we look at all this, sometimes it, it the, the questions are, are just so off the chart that they're hard to grasp. I mean, so let's think about it. And it really, we have to consider the question of how many of the actual protesters are actual residents of the community, or do they come from the outside to encourage the destruction, to incite violence, or, or, or you know, all the things that are going on? I mean, does it make sense? People protesting about injustice and lack of opportunities and destroying the very thing that they are protesting a lack of? As I said before, as a listener of Servant Warrior Radio, you're going to think well beyond the surface and really look past this superficial and dive deeper. I mean, there are major things at play here. There are people things going on here. And I will tell you what is going on here and the root uh, of some of the issues that, that are, are spurring most of what's going on. They deserve more than this news media, uh, agenda-driven, sensationalistic approach of what we're getting. All right, are you, I hope you're still with me. I, I really hope you're still with me. So I want to get into this thing um, known as Shades of Green. Uh, it was 30 years ago this month, May 9th, 1990, when I stepped off the bus and onto the yellow footprints at 3rd Battalion, Marine Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island, South Carolina. I'll tell you, I, I, I thought I knew what I was getting to, into, and I had no idea. And I will tell you, I loved it. Uh, when I left, I told them that I wanted to do that again. And they, they, they said, Cersei, you are crazy. Get off my island. But it was something about the Marine Corps. And I'm going to get into it here, here uh, as, we, as we go through. My senior drill instructor, Staff Sergeant Haynes, some of the other drill instructors, uh, one was Sergeant Borghese. We called Sergeant Borghese the Duracell Devil Dog. This guy was about five feet three of all that. I think he had a 19-inch a waist, and he lo- I mean, his shoulders were super broad. He was actually a former bronze medalist at the World Judo Championships. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'm not going to tell you what, what he did, but he challenged me and challenged me and challenged me, and I'm so grateful for it. Uh, Sergeant Hagedorn uh, was another. He was a tough guy. Uh, Sergeant Thomas, uh, I got to say, Sergeant Thomas and I almost got into it a couple of times, but I will tell you, you know, those were my drill instructors, and man, and they were hard, hardcore. But here's one thing, and this is a, and this is a, um, 
a concept uh, and a culture and a truth and a reality that I think is one of the reasons that makes the Marine Corps so incredibly special and such a small fraternity and why it is said the few the proud there was no white there was no black there was no yellow in the marine corps it's light green or dark green we were all shades of green because i will tell you you get in the nasty and the mud and everything else and you come out of that you come out of the water you come out of uh, of uh, you know going on under wire and you're out in the mud and you stick your head up uh, out of that nasty muck everybody looks exactly the same everybody looks the same so that that was one of those things and and it was a concept that 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 i had never had but it was just so powerful because at the end of the day, listen, just because you're a Marine doesn't mean anything. If you're a dirt bag, you're a dirt bag. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter. If you're, if you're locked on, if you're a locked on hard charger, it doesn't matter what color you are. I mean, the glue and the foundation was actually being a Marine, the desire to be a Marine, the, the, the culture, uh, all the things that went around it. You know, they're bad Marines. They're good Marines. I mean, just like with any population or a group, but there was that shared sense of, 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 of camaraderie, esprit de corps that galvanized. And, you know, and what we did was we didn't necessarily have to respect the individual, but we respect them as a human and we respect the fact that they were Marines. We respected them, though, as a human being. I'll never forget one of the guys. And, you know, there's always a few guys that you serve with and you go through training with that that you remember. And the there was one guy. His name was Booker. He earned the right. He was a dark green Marine. Uh, or Actually, at that point, he was a dark green Marine recruit. But he earned the leadership role of being our guide. He, he carried the guide on. He was the first guy. Um, and, and if you wanted, for, for those who are not necessarily, you know, uh, understand kind of the vernacular, he was kind of that platoon recruit leader. He, he was the guy. Uh, and I will tell you, he and I butted heads and we competed like two alpha males in a herd. I mean, and it was, it was just one of those great competitions. When you think Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And that's what we had. And, but the fact is there was an underlying component. It didn't matter where you came from. It didn't matter what you looked like. It didn't matter how much education or lack of education. It didn't matter anything, but you were there. You were there all training for the same thing. We respected each other's desire to be a Marine, and we respected each other as a human being. But don't get me wrong. I mean, like I said, I don't respect all Marines simply because they're Marine. You know, I, I respect a Marine if they're, if they're a good Marine, the same way as I, the respect of an athlete, as a business person, as a teacher, as a student, as a coach. As a man, as a woman, as a husband, dad, mom, brother, sister, friend, respect as a person. This must be earned. We, When we respect human, the human life, the, a human there, that respect becomes should be there because they are a human. They breathe. Our personal respect for them as a person or whatever their, their life path is, that has to be earned. Here is a truth, guys. We cannot give something that we do not have. Another way of saying that is we cannot give something unless we have it to give. With each generation, it seems respect is wanted without earning it. 
It's almost like we want to be at the top of, uh, of every vocation without working our way to it. You know, an example, as I was thinking about this, is you know, we, we want to be dropped on top of Mount Everest, right? So we can plant our flag and take our selfie without actually having to climb it. We want the respect without having to do what is necessary to earn it. We want it simply given to us. So this is where we're getting into this deep water. And a conversation, this is where you're gonna, we're going to have to require some deep thinking capacity and intellectual courage. As this is much an ideological thing as a generational thing. And what we're talking about here with this respect and all the things that are actually going on in our country. And there's so many layers to this onion. I mean, it would take decades to pull them apart and work through them. And I'm going to do my best to peel as many of those layers back and talk through them uh, as, as we can here on Servant Warrior Radio. But I need to start wrapping this thing up. And I, but I want to wrap it up with a question and, and some challenges. It continues to be said that the violent protests that are occurring all across the country are a result of, of course, the tragic, unnecessary, and horrible death of Mr. Floyd and the actions of a few law enforcement officers. And that the, the, these protests are the, and the protesters, the, the, the background around it is, is what they say is that they only, be, they only believe that this is the only way that they can actually be heard. I mean, it, it is said that they believe that destroying and stealing property and citing violence is the response to having a voice that is not heard. Okay? I mean, I get it. But here's my question. What do we, what, what do we want to be heard? And have we looked into the whys? Why are the conditions the way that they are? Why are things the way that they are? What am I doing to change it? And if I'm, if I'm doing something, is it effective? Is it actually accomplishing what I want to accomplish? Is it making the situation better or worse? Are my actions and choices a part of the solution or are they part of the problem? I mean, and, and here's another question that, that I think we all need to consider. Am I demanding to be heard or am I earning the right to be heard? Now, notice I didn't say speak. Right. As American citizens, we have the right, the freedom of speech as guaranteed by our First Amendment of the Constitution. But that's not the issue here. okay? because there's a whole lot of speaking going on. There's a whole lot of exercising the freedom of speech and the right to uh, protest and the right to petition. Right. The issue, as I understand it, is not being heard. Voices not being heard. And I mean, if that's what I understand, if I understand it correctly, that's the issue. The reality is being heard requires the action and choice of another party, somebody else. Hey, and if you're like me, we listen to a lot of things, but we only truly hear what comes from sources and people that in some capacity we respect. Kind of all boils down to that respect thing, right? Again, we can't give away something that we don't have. Hey, thanks for listening. If you have a question or comment, email me at jeff at servantwarriorradio.com. Until next time, keep it real, radical, relentless, and relevant. This has been Servant Warriors Radio.